listener production. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. <laughs> That's like the cousin of the guy who does the breaking news. <laughs> really and truly. Hello, mm. my baby. Hello, my honey. What is the rest? Hello, Hello, my, my ragtime girl. Ragtime girl. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Ding, buck, and dong. Here I am, Sodjos. <laughs> Not kidding. Take it away, my dulcet toned Adonis. Hello, Justin. <laughs> Oh, didn't know. Hello. Why does yours always go sexual? <laughs> We're meant to be like ragtime radio man, and you're like, hello. straight to May West. There's always oh. May West. There's always a hint of Ursula in there. Please. Do you know May West is the first ever Just the Gist topic that I researched? Is it? And never got around to actually oh, delivering not? it. I'll serve it one day. Okay. I put it on hold to do a Melda Marcos oh, that's instead. Right. Yeah. And then I've just not gone back to it, but I will at some point. Well, you know. at some point. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to Just the Gist, Mm-mm-mm. a bi weekly podcast in which Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find interesting enough to do. Discuss at a dinner party, and Rosanna Ailish Waterland is serving this week. What have you got for us? How many syllables were in interesting there? Inter- <laughs> interesting. 19. 11. <laughs> um, this week, Jacob William Stanley, it doesn't really need much of a preamble. I am giving you just the gist mm. of Chris Jenner. <laughs> The devil herself. Mama Jew. Mama Jew. So I had thought maybe I would do just the gist of the Kardashians, but that is just like too huge a thing. Kim is um, one you could probably focus on, but also not Mm. super interesting to be honest. Chris, though, when I started looking into it, Chris is where it's at. It's really fascinating how she ended up building this Empire. Plague. <laughs> She's the patient zero of a plague you is really another way of looking plague? at it. Oh, they're going to keep spreading. Oh, this is so boomeresque of you. Mm. What don't you like about them? How funny. Tell me, explain. Well, I don't know much about them, so I've still got that mindset of oh, so they're famous you've... for nothing because of a sex tape that they exploited. And Okay, then, boomer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, like, you, do you see any value in them as, like... No, I won't use the word value. Do you appreciate that they've been savvy in business? They would have to be. Yeah. Unless they're puppets who've got people behind the scenes pulling the strings. Well, I no, because they have all the money. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, they've certainly landed on top. I mean, are all of them billionaires by now? Uh, no, only Kim is. Okay. Um, Kylie, that was a accidental misreporting as in when Forbes were like the youngest self-made billionaire and Kylie was on the cover, everyone was like, self-made, mm, which was fair enough. Mm. But then it turned out like a few months later um, that documents that had been given to them were incorrect. Right. Numbers were fudged. And who Zeros knows where the documents came from? I do not know. Mm. But um, Kim is a billionaire. Um, the rest of them are hundred billionaires. Hundred billionaires. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't expecting that boomer response from you. Oh, the plague. Kardashians are the plague. <laughs> oh, geez, all right. Okay. I, maybe they've toned it down now, but there was a while there where they were just everywhere. They're still everywhere. Okay. But, like, you couldn't even walk into a shop. Like, they'd be in the pharmacy supplements and they'd have handbags in the next store down and then footwear and... Makeup, like they just had fingers in every single pie. They kind of still, still like do. That? Okay, right. Yeah, <laughs> but like, okay. I All just right. don't spend time in shopping centers anymore. Sure. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> so probably the most fascinating thing I found researching this about Chris Jenner is that if you go back a couple of generations and look at Chris Jenner's mother and mm. Chris Jenner's mother's mother, her grandmother, you can see a pattern of matriarchal women whose values and work ethic is like a direct line to Chris. So it's kind of like the Jenna Kardashian empire is 
has been generations in the making, Ooh, if you go back. A centuries-old dynasty. Kind of. Huh. Not, well, I've only gone back to the grandma, so because this is just the gist. Right, right. Chris mm-hmm. Jenner was born Kristen Mary Horton mm-hmm. in San Diego, California in 1955. Her parents were Mary Jo, otherwise known as MJ, who's been a bit of a character on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I haven't watched the show religiously. I've seen episodes of it, but I've not been a Kardashian reality show devotee. Like, I've not ever watched it. Have you seen any of it? Not a episode. Yeah. Not one, no. Have you seen any clips or anything? Oh, yeah, definitely, but mostly, like, parody things where they've, like, overdubbed what they're saying. Right, 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 right. um, Or people imitating them. Yeah. So, I've yeah, I'm not... I've seen... Maybe an episode here and there, but I've not really seen much of it. But I do know that MJ is on the show, like their um, Chris's mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chris was born to her parents, MJ and Robert. And MJ had been raised by her mother, Chris's grandmother. Her name was Lou Ethel. Ooh. Gosh, I love that name. And um, she had been raised by Lou Ethel to be glamorous, poised, always perfectly presented all in the hopes of landing a successful husband to take care of her. Mm-hmm. Um, Lou Ethel was very beautiful and had hoped that she would find a successful rich husband and have a glamorous life, but she married this dude who ended up working in a blue-collar job. So mm-hmm. Lou Ethel was like, I missed out on landing a big fish. I'm going to make sure my daughter MJ lands a big fish. Mm-hmm. And so she um, was incredibly smart, though, and even though they didn't make a lot of money, Lou Ethel um, was in charge of all the finances and running the family. Like, her husband would just give her his paycheck and she was the boss. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is like a pattern of a family being run by matriarchs rather than patriarchs already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh So um, they were fine, but it was a pretty modest life. And Lou Ethel wanted better for MJ, so she enrolled her in a place called Fashionality, which was a finishing school (laughs) where you learn, like, makeup, fashion, manners, posture, Uh all that stuff, like, um, all the stuff you needed to basically land a man. And MJ, like Lou Ethel, was very beautiful. People from when she was young thought she would probably grow up to be a model. So with her beauty, along with the education she got at fashionality, Lou (laughs) Ethel was making sure that she was teaching MJ how to be an attractive product to men. Um, And then she would get a successful, rich husband. Uh And with Lou Ethel's help, MJ did get a successful Husband. It was a Strong guy hustle. called Robert. Or well, first, I haven't. I didn't even put this in my notes, but she married the first guy she kissed, mm. but then realized a few months later he was poor, and Lou Ethel was like, "Nope," and they got out of it. <laughs> Disqualified. So, also a pattern emerging of quick marriages. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was disqualified. But then she, um, after high school finds this guy called Robert who was an airline engineer Mm. and he made very good money and he was in a slightly higher class than they were. And and she marries this guy. Um, I wasn't going to go too much into Lou Ethel, which is Chris's grandmother, Mm. but I just think it's interesting that you can see the pattern already emerging that a mother is investing all her time and energy in the daughter achieving beauty and success, and success in this case is getting a husband. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So MJ and Robert marry in 1954, Mm -hmm. and MJ gives birth to Kristen in 1955, Mm -hmm. and Kristen's younger sister Karen a few years later. So they live in a beautiful, fancy neighbourhood. It's very Don and Betty Draper. Mm -hmm. Um, Chris said her mother dressed like Jackie Kennedy every day, just always looked perfect, always completely made up, always put together. And MJ pressed upon both Chris and Karen exactly what she had learned from her own mother, Lou Ethel, Mm -hmm. that it's always important to be perfectly presented, especially for men. So healthy. I know. And around this time, um, Chris Jenner, when she was about six, had a bone tumour in her leg. 
And back then, they didn't really have the technology to like do a scan and see if it was benign or not. So the only thing you could do was have surgery mm. to look at the tumour. And so as a little kid, she had to go into a surgery and she didn't know if she would wake up without a leg or not because <gasps> they would go in and if it's cancerous, they got to cut her leg off. They go oh. in, it's benign, they just take it out, it's fine. And so she goes into this <laughs> surgery and MJ later said that she wasn't cared of the, scared of the cancer so much as she was of Chris losing her leg because as a woman that would devastate her chances later of finding a man. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's kind of intergenerational values we're yeah. dealing with here. Problematic. Um, it was benign. It was fine. She, they just took out the small tumour and Chris was fine. Obviously she got married. Um, well, yes, a couple times. But behind the, like, mad men, perfect idyllic curtain of this life that Chris and her sister and her parents had, the marriage wasn't great. Robert, Chris's dad, drank a lot. He had violent outbursts. And so when Chris was seven and Karen was four, MJ decided she'd had enough Mm -hmm. and she left. And it was only 1962, so for a woman to get divorced was a big deal, Mm -hmm. particularly for a woman with two little kids to get divorced was very rare. Mm. But she did it. She MJ took the girls out of the house. She moved closer to her parents and became a single mother. Mm -hmm. And Chris has said that this was a really impactful time in her life because she went from being very wealthy and secure in a beautiful neighbourhood to living just like in a small apartment with her mum and sister. Mm. Um, and so she saw how quickly affluence can disappear. Yep. Um, but she also saw how hard work can help you get it back mm-hmm. because uh, MJ started working in her parents' candle store and after a couple of years she opened her own candle store mm-hmm. and then she opened another candle store and then she opened a children's clothing store and Chris, as a little girl, saw her mother MJ working her ass off mm-hmm. and building these businesses and she did too, by the way. She worked in all of them whenever she wasn't in school from when she was like eight years old, Chris was working in the stores with uh-huh. her mum. So um, she saw that, like, hard work is important and how kind of a business runs from when she was a very little kid. Mm -hmm. She also saw, though, that hard work needs to include finding another husband, which Mm -hmm. MJ wanted to do, and she was smart about it. She knew she needed another husband, but she needed it to be a certain kind of man, Mm -hmm. which is what her mother had taught her. So she took a job as a hostess at a fancy country club... Mm-hmm. knowing that that's where all the fancy rich men go. And it didn't take MJ long to land a very rich, twice-divorced businessman called Harry. And she married him and he became like a father to Chris and Karen and they went back to the very affluent life that they had had before. Thanks, Harry. But it should be said that MJ did not want to ever be in the position again that she was after the first marriage ended where she had nothing. Mm -hmm. So she wanted to work and make her own money, so she kept running her little empire of stores that she had built Mm -hmm. and Chris spent her childhood and teenage years working in those stores. Mm -hmm. She was spoiled, though, because Harry was rich and they were rich California teens, her and her sister. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she got a new convertible on her 16th birthday and she was a cheerleader and just all that kind of stuff. and like Lou Ethel had raised MJ, MJ was now raising Chris to also aspire to a particular kind of life mm. to be the wife of a wealthy upper-class husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chris even later said when everyone was in her biography, when everyone was dreaming about what they would wear to prom, I was thinking, who cares about f***ing prom? I want to be married with six kids. (laughs) Like she knew the kind of wealthy, comfortable, affluent life she wanted that Mm -hmm. her mother had taught her was the epitome of success. Mm -hmm. And Chris, like her mother and grandmother, was extremely beautiful. And just like Lou Ethel had taught MJ and MJ teaches her, they place enormous importance on always looking perfect for the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. So Chris does that from when she's very young and when she's 16, she's looking to date much older guys Mm. and while still in high school, although it's like a little, no one quite knows the exact ages here and they think maybe Chris fudged things later on so as not to get the men she was dating in trouble because she was so young, Mm -hmm. but um, she starts dating this professional golfer 
who is about a decade older than her, mm-hmm. and she moves into his house while she's like teen, but not exactly. We don't know the exact age, uh-huh. but probably too young to uh-huh. be moving in uh-huh. with an adult uh-huh. golfer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Laws broken. She moves into his house. She travels the world with him, going to like golf tournaments. And um, MJ doesn't mind because she's like, like golf is upper class and fancy. And mm-hmm. she's like, yes, good one. Like famous golfer. <laughs> Go even, to big fish. Even though you're 16 or whatever, like you landed one. Um, so she's going out with this golfer guy and she graduates high school and she stays with him for a while. And he proposes and she accepts, but, you know, like she's a kid. And um, around this time she's kind of like, oh... Like, this golf guy seemed fancy a couple of years ago, but now I'm realising he's just a low-level pro-ish golfer. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not, he's, I don't know, Greg Norman. That's the only golfer I know. Tiger Woods. Woods. Yeah, <laughs> he's not that level, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, she'd been raised to think that success is the husband you can get. Mm-hmm. And so this isn't that great a prize. It's not that huge a success. So she's like, I can do better. Mm-hmm. And that's when she meets a man at the races oh. called Robert Kardashian. Oh. She's still with the golfer guy, but she's interested in old Rob. So she's engaged to Mr. Golf? Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. She'd like said yes. So she meets Mr. Kardashian at the races and she's interested. He later said that she was the most beautiful woman there. Mm-hmm. And she had a gold necklace on with the words, oh, shit, which oh. he thought was just so funny mm. and, like, brazen. And so his pickup line was to go over to her and say, is your name Janet? And then when she's like, what? No, mm. then they start talking. Apparently that was, like, quite a common way to pick people up. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Where do you go from there? Okay, cool. I guess he's just like, she's like, I knew it was a line, but I like mm. let him keep going. I was like, how did you know that was a line? If someone said to me, is your name Janet? I'd be like, oh, no, I'm Rosie. Like, I wouldn't even <laughs> think that. <laughs> she's like, I knew he was coming on to me. <laughs> oh. And this is the 70s, yeah. I don't get romantic things. Um. Well, yeah, if she was born in the, yeah, this yeah. is the 70s, uh-huh. yeah. So um, they start talking. He asks her out, but she's like, oh, I'm with this golf guy, so no. But he tracks down her number and he keeps calling her at the golf dude's house, by the way, because that's where she lives. Mm. But he's off on tour all the time. So Robert Kardashian is, calls her twice a week for about six months and they kind of get to know each other on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is in his early 30s and she's about 19, although, like I say, her age is always, what is it? We don't, mm-hmm. it, cha- it changes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a lawyer. He's rich. He's very well dressed. He's classy. He runs in fancy social circles. Like, this is kind of the prize she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so she leaves Golf Dude mm-hmm. for Robert Kardashian and they start dating, but... Knowing how her mother had been left with nothing mm. after her first divorce, Chris is like, I should probably have my own career. Mm-hmm. So she didn't go to college. Um, so one of the obvious things for very pretty girls to do back then, air hostess. Mm-hmm. So she gets into like American Airlines, like hostess school mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, she tells Robert and he was like, well, I wanted to propose, but like, now you're going away for six months and he gets really annoyed and he's like, don't go. Like, why do you have to work? I'm going to marry you. And she's like, I want to. And he's quite traditional and gets cranky. So they kind of break up. Mm-hmm. And while she's off at air hostess school, he starts dating Priscilla Presley. Huh. <laughs> no, he's kind of celeb adjacent-ish. So in Hollywood, it's very random. Uh-huh. So she's like, oh, I thought I'd be flying to Paris and New York and meet glamorous men, but she's doing like midweek to Cleveland and it's just not what she thought. I think she, this is when she realised she does want to work, but she doesn't want a day job. Mm -hmm. Like working for people like this is kind of what they do now. I want to start a fragrance line and that is your job. It's Mm -hmm. not like... I'm going to go be a waitress or an air hostess. Yeah, she doesn't want a boss. No. She doesn't want shifts. No. Yeah. So she realises that this air hostess thing kind of isn't great and she hears that he breaks up with Priscilla. So then she's like, hey, I tried the work thing, 
didn't like it. I'm in. And he's like, awesome. Mm-hmm. So they marry in 1978. She's 23 and he's 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hardly knows him really. Like while dating, they socialized in groups. He um, quite infamously was very close friends with OJ Simpson. Mm-hmm. So they would hang out with these kind of celebish people. And it was all very like big groups of friends and big parties. And she said when they got on their honeymoon, it was actually quite nice to just have some time to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she doesn't really know him. Um, He takes his Armenian heritage and family very seriously, as well as his Christian faith. Mm -hmm. So she jumps right on board with that because she's a dutiful wife. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not working so much as a lawyer at this point. He's mainly moved into being a businessman. Like he has a bunch of quite successful businesses, a few of which he's partnered with OJ Simpson with. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's a multimillionaire at this stage through business mm-hmm. stuff. Um, they move into a big, beautiful house in the Hollywood Hills. And pretty much nine months after the wedding, Chris gives birth to Courtney mm-hmm. in 1979. And a year later, she gives birth to Kim in 1980. Mm-hmm. Chloe comes along in 1984 and Rob in 1987. And it's so funny in her, like biography, memoir, whatever you would call it. Um, she, it's so clear that Kim is just the favourite from the start. Like, mm-hmm. the way she describes these kids, it's like, oh, you know, Courtney was born and I was a young mum and a, she was such a lovely baby, so that was great. And about, like, Chloe, she's like, oh, Chloe was just, like, really different. <laughs> and about mm-hmm. Rob, she's like, I was so excited to have a boy because, you know, meaning culture culture's really important to have a boy. When she talks about Kim, she's like, this was the most beautiful creature I'd ever laid my eyes on. Like, it was like God kissed my stomach and out came this angel. Like, she's obsessed. Uh-huh. Even in the way she writes about her, like, it's, she's obsessed with Kim. Yeah. Um, so their life was amazing. It was, you know, very rich housewife vibes. There were nannies, so she could spend her days just like, dropping the kids off at school and mm. then going to lunch and to tennis and hanging out with uh, Nicole Simpson, OJ's wife. They became best friends. It was just very what she'd been taught to want. Lou Ethel's dream came true. Exactly. But, you know, this is four kids in eight years. That's a lot. Mm. Um, she's realising she kind of wants more. Like, she's very smart and ambitious and she had been taught that that ambition was to be t- put towards getting a good husband, and she's got that now, mm. but she still feels ambitious. Mm-hmm. And she she's bored. And the age gap between her and Robert's becoming a lot more obvious to her. Um, and she's, like, kind of stopped having babies now, and she's looking around, and she's like, I'm 30, and I'm just living with this old dude in his 40s, and mm. it's boring, and we have nothing in common, and I don't like this. And... Um, she has an affair. Oh. So she says she had the perfect life. She had everything she always wanted. She asked Robert if they could take a break for a while just so she could, like, figure out who she is Mm. because she did marry so young and didn't really... Now she's had her kids and she has time to be like, oh, who am I really? But he says, no, Armenians don't do that. Mm -hmm. She says later that if he had let her take that break, she probably they probably would have stayed together, mm-hmm. but he didn't. She's at a party one night and she hooks up with a 23-year-old dude mm. and she's 30 um, and she becomes obsessed with this guy. Mm. She rents him an apartment with Robert's credit card because like, <laughs> she has no, no money of her own. Um, and they just basically have crazy sex meetups. It's like she's a teenager because she had always looked for class and money and security, but never passion really. Mm-hmm. So like she's kind of realizing what it is to be in a relationship with someone where you have a an amazing sexual connection yeah. and a passionate chemistry rather than just, oh, that person's rich and will take care of me. You yeah, know it's I mean? not about practicality. It's yeah. just about pleasure. Uh-huh. But it's also not... And this is, you know, it's not the first affair they people think she had because mm-hmm. as everybody kind of knows the conspiracy that Chloe isn't actually Robert Kardashian's daughter because she looks so different to the others. Oh. And so I'll just, this is just an aside because I don't, I feel like it's kind of sucky to go into this mm-hmm. because like, you know, you don't know if it's true, but... People think that she probably 
did have an affair before this young guy mm. and that it was probably with, this is what people say, not me, allegedly, mm. her hairdresser, a man named Alex um, Roden. And um, there was at one point, I think it was around 2011, he was still like in the periphery of their lives and Kylie posted on her Snapchat, oh my gosh, it's the first photo of my sister and her real dad. And it was them together. And then like five minutes later, it was quickly taken down. Mm. And so everybody denies that Chloe has a different dad. Mm. They don't really talk about it. But when you see the picture, it's like, oh, yeah. And just have a look at this. Oh. Yeah. I forgot what her original face looked like. Yeah, that's her original face. Mm. And it's... Not dissimilar. It's not dissimilar to his. But I mean, you know, I don't want to. I've, I've. That's and that's all we're going to say about it because I think it's yeah. icky to speculate. I, I will say that based off how the girls all look and how she does look very different, mm. you're like, mm, but you know, me and Rhiannon look very different. My dad always used to insist that. Rhiannon wasn't his because she was too beautiful. <laughs> I could easily be, but Rhiannon was not. <laughs> this one um, tracks. You know, so I, siblings can look very different. I mean, people have also speculated like she's OJ's and there's all this, but, you know, mm. all I'm saying is there may have been cheating before mm. this young tryst she's having. And it doesn't matter anyway. It doesn't. Your parent is the person who raises yeah, you. Yeah, she considers Robert Kardashian and also Caitlyn Jenner to be her fathers. Mm-hmm. Um... So she's obsessed with this young guy. They're having sex trysts in this apartment and eventually in 1991, Robert Kardashian files for divorce mm-hmm. from Kris Jenner. And she thinks she'll be with her new young lover forever, but um, she catches him cheating on her like a few weeks later and she's like, oh, mm-hmm. you're just a young F-boy. So she decides, okay, he wants to divorce me. I wasn't happy in the marriage anyway. I'm just going to move on with my life and be mm. a kick-ass single mum. And she kind of thinks my life will be the same. Like, I just won't be married anymore. But then one night she goes to pay for dinner with the kids and her credit card is declined. Mm. And then she goes to go shopping at Kroger's, the uh, supermarket, and her Kroger's card is declined. And Robert cut her off. (sighs) MJ taught you better than this. I know. She's still living in their family home. So she's still in a big fancy house with the kids, but she has no money. Mm -hmm. And she literally has to start borrowing from her parents and friends just to buy like groceries and stuff. And so they're going through this really tough sort of divorce negotiations. And he is a lawyer, so he knows how to like F her over in this. Mm. Um, She insists (laughs) that she needs an allowance of not just child support, but an allowance for herself to um, maintain the lifestyle she's become accustomed to and she would like that lifestyle to be $40,000 a month. <sighs> um, <laughs> she does not get that. <laughs> Essentially, at the end of the divorce negotiations, um, she gets nothing. They agree to him paying child support. Mm-hmm. And um, the kids talk about how their lives like changed drastically then. They've told stories about how like kind of the same as what happened to Chris when she was a kid. Mm. We were really rich and then we went to nothing and we were destitute and like we had gone from all the trappings of wealth to nothing. They didn't. Mm. He wasn't giving their mum lots of money, but he was a multimillionaire paying child support. Like they still all got new cars when they turned 16. Oh, except for Chloe. Chloe got a hand-me-down. Everyone else did. (gasps) Because they think that he knew. Oh. Anyway, what I just <laughs> allegedly, uh-huh. um, you know, they were still going to very like expensive schools. They were. St- it's just I don't think it's as Dickensian. We were basically on the street after our parents got divorced, mm. as they kind of try to swing it. Um, but Chris herself has nothing. Like she's getting child support. Mm-hmm. She's got somewhere to live, but she has no money, no job, nothing, and she can't believe. Like you said, mm. Lou Ethel taught MJ better, MJ taught her better. How did she end up in this place? Letting the dynasty down. And so this is when she says, Chris says she promised herself that she will never, ever rely on a man for money again. Mm-hmm. And she should have listened to her mom. She should have known, but she gets it now. She's going to make her own money and always be able to support herself. And she says at this point she doesn't really want to date, but she gets set up on a blind date and she's like, oh, fine, I'll go. And she goes on that date and it is with someone called, I'll use this name once, Bruce Jenner, Mm -hmm. who 
is now obviously Caitlyn, Caitlyn Jenner. Mm-hmm. Caitlyn has said she doesn't mind if people use her old name and pronouns when talking about the past, but I think just for the sake of being, you know, respectful and whatever, I'm just going to call her Caitlyn from now on. Mm-hmm. But that is who it was at the time. And um, and she meets, she goes on this blind date with Caitlyn Jenner. And much to her surprise, Chris kind of likes her. Mm. She's like, this is someone who... I guess Caitlin was um, the equivalent of like a bogan a little. Uh-huh. Like from the Midwest of America, had been an athlete in the Olympics, like mm-hmm. a gold medal winning track. Decathlon. Decathlon or whatever. Mm. I don't know. Um, she was kind of just not very refined, not super sophisticated. Bumpkin. Kind of like the fancy restaurant they went to, she ordered meatloaf and Chris was like, mm. like mm. not what Chris had been taught to go after. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, and she like a little bit famous, but it's kind of fading because the Olympics had been quite a while ago mm-hmm. that she had won. At one point she'd been on the cover of like cereal boxes, but now it was, who was that person who ran in that thing? Lindsay? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like it was kind of where Caitlin's fame was. Uh-huh. Um, and Chris also said she had about $800 in her bank account. Caitlin did. Like she just wasn't, she was kind of just not what Chris would usually go after. Right. But they're both divorced and they've both got four kids mm. and they just start talking about family and they realize they actually have a lot in common. They really get along and a couple months after the divorce to Robert Kardashian is finalized, Chris marries Caitlyn Jenner and uh-huh. becomes Chris Jenner. Mm-hmm. And they move into this crappy little house because they can't really afford much. They're renting. They both have all these kids. So sometimes all eight kids are there. They're kind of all fame adjacent, but there's a lot of them living in this house. And Chris is like, how are we going to make money? We've mm. got nothing. Caitlin at the time is making money by doing speaking gigs, like motivational, I was an Olympic champion, you can be great, speaking Mm. gigs. And Chris goes to one of them with her where Caitlin is giving a motivational talk to the Boy Scouts of America. Mm -hmm. And Chris is sitting there in the room and the room is losing it. They love Caitlin and Mm -hmm. Caitlin's really good at speaking and these kids are going nuts and this is where Chris realizes a ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. Caitlin can be how we make money. Uh-huh. Like, if I market her properly, I can turn Caitlin into a brand. Mm-hmm. And this, like, motivational ex Olympian gold medal winning brand, and we can make cash that way. And so Chris is basically thinking to do what she had been taught by her grandmother and her ma- mother before her, which is like, how you present yourself as a polished product Mm -hmm. in order to get success. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm going to do this with Caitlin. So she puts together a sizzle reel of Caitlin doing like, you know, some motivational speaking. Mm -hmm. She gets professional photos taken. She registers a business. She puts together these packages and basically says she spends the last of their money Mm -hmm. to send around 800 Caitlin Jenner Olympic champion packages to every speaking agency in the country uh-huh. to, like, put her out there as a brand. Okay. And gigs start coming in. So mm-hmm. she starts getting gigs to speak at, like, you know, Coca-Cola's headquarters mm-hmm. to the corporate team. And then that leads to some kind of other sponsorship. And it starts building up and up and up and up. And Chris has kind of turned Caitlin after a couple of years into a very profitable brand and she's managing it all and she starts diversifying. She's like, okay, well, we can do more than um, motivational speaking and corporate speaking gigs. Mm. She realizes that they can capitalize on Caitlin Jenner being a fitness expert because she Mm. won a gold medal. So they get in on the infomercial craze and they start selling exercise equipment Mm. and also... Jane Fonda style like workout tapes, tapes, Uh which Chris is in. So she's in a lot of the infomercials with Caitlin. They do a lot of the tapes together. Um, There is (laughs) one of their infomercials because like they 
have ratings, mm. was the highest rated infomercial in the US for like two years. So they became kind of famous as the, you know, Chris and Caitlyn Jenner, the couple mm. who sell you the fitness stuff. Mm-hmm. So they start making millions of dollars. Mm. Like they start doing really well. They move out of their crappy little place they're renting. They buy a massive mansion in the Hidden Hills, which is a really fancy neighbourhood in, you know, around Hollywood. Mm. Chris is back in the high society she likes, but this time she figured out how to get there herself. Mm-hmm. At least how to turn someone else into a product that she can manage and profit off to mm-hmm. get there herself. Mm-hmm. She did that with Caitlyn Jenner. Uh-huh. Which I, it's, I didn't realise that until I started researching this. During this time, Chris gives birth to her and Caitlin's uh, only two children together, Kendall and Kylie. Mm -hmm. And things are pretty good. We're in the late 90s now. The kids are all kind of going through school and high school and they're living a good, affluent life. Mm -hmm. Then the OJ Simpson trial happens Mm -hmm. where he is accused of murdering his wife, Nicole, who is Chris's um, best friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Robert Kardashian, Chris's ex-husband, becomes internationally famous as OJ's lawyer and close confidant, best friend, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. It catapults interest in Robert like through the roof. So then people start connecting like, oh, his ex-wife is that woman who's Nicole's best friend who now she's married to that Olympian and they do the infomercials. Right. And so everyone, they kind of like... This is a Hollywood community and they aren't super famous, but they're not not famous. And this Mm. has just kind of given them a bit of a profile. Yeah. They kind of get lifted to the level of if they go to a party, they might be photographed for the social pages. Yeah, okay. And people, just because this trial, the O.J. Simpson trial was huge. Mm -hmm. So anybody even remotely connected got attention. Yep. So it was like, oh, the infomercial lady used to be married to the dude who's in the court with the guy. Like, uh-huh. just that kind of fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is brand awareness at exactly. the end of the day. So the kids have grown up, you know, going to schools with the kids of celebrities and mm. kind of being a bit celebrity adjacent. Chris and Caitlin have had some kind of celebrity friends because Caitlin had been and, mm. you know, Olympian. Um, but they've always just kind of been on the outside of it rather than famous themselves. So the trial doesn't hurt mm. raising the profile. And this is also around the time when interesting Caitlyn Jenner as a brand starts to wane. Mm-hmm. She's getting older, infomercial, fitness equipment kind of stuff is uh, out of fashion, mm. heading towards the 2000s and, like, early 2000s. But this is when the Kardashian daughters have grown into pretty incredibly beautiful young women, mm. particularly him. And given how the world at the time was also changing into a very like tabloid celebrity obsessed. So it had gone from being famous for doing something to people were being famous just for being famous. This Mm -hmm. was, you know, around the time of like The Simple Life with Paris Hilton and Nicole Ritchie. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like uh, the Osbournes with Oh, that's a blast from the, the past. The Osborne family and Sharon, and, Sharon and, Kelly, and Kelly. And yep. and so, like, there was this kind of shift happening in pop culture where people were becoming famous just for being personalities mm. right around the time that Chris's daughters are old enough to be marketed that way. Mm-hmm. And she sees it immediately just like her grandmother and mother had taught her. Mm-hmm. Chris has raised her girls to present themselves as perfect packages, as products, to always be gorgeous to the opposite sex. Mm. And that lesson that has been passed down is about to become very lucrative. Mm -hmm. So Chris looks at her older daughters, particularly Kim, and sees potential to really package them now as brands in the way she had done with Caitlyn Jenner, Mm -hmm. but now who knows the levels they can reach. Mm -hmm. And they wanted it. The girls want it. Like, they've grown up in Hollywood and they've been friends and w- friends of friends of friends of celebrities. So they kind of, like, always been very close to being in the circle but not quite being in it. So mm-hmm. they do want it too. So Chris and the girls have a couple of, like, clothing stores, but the main goal at this stage is, is to become famous mm-hmm. and the focus really turns to Kim here mm-hmm. because Kim wants it. 
She's been a star effer since she was young. She's gravitated towards anyone with influence and fame. She's dated a Jackson. She, like, oh. yeah, she dated, like, one of the Jackson nephews. She was famously besties with Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a video of her, I don't know the exact quote, but uh, a video of her from high school that someone's like, oh, you know, this is going to be in the end of year movie. And mm-hmm. she's like, you know, you guys are all going to uh, say that you were lucky to know me because one day I'm going to be, f- like, worldwide famous, you know. Mm-hmm. So she, even as a kid, she was, like, aspiring to that kind of thing. Kim wants it. She's beautiful and she's got work ethic just like Chris. So they're kind of this, like, perfect combination, Mm -hmm. scary combination. So Kim graduates high school, doesn't bother going to college, and she starts cultivating relationships with famous people. Still is kind of fame adjacent. And Chris is managing her as best she can, but it's not in, like, an official sort of capacity as yet. Chris is just the one who will, like, call up and negotiate club appearances. Mm. Like, Kim, my daughter, is best friends with Paris. You've seen her in magazines. Will you pay her X amount of money to come to your club? Like, so Chris is kind of doing these little deals, organising little sponsorship kind of things. Like, oh, my, like, before people even really understood what this was, like, my daughter um, is always photographed um, with Paris, um, you know, if you pay us X amount, she'll wear your jumper. Like, mm-hmm. so Chris is like already figuring out how to do this stuff even before there was a high level of anything going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kim herself is also manoeuvring. She pushes to get on an episode of The Simple Life. So she's Paris's friend, but like she's not really in the show. She gets mm-hmm. on an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, she goes on a date with Nick Lachey right after he broke up with Jessica Simpson and they had become very famous with newlyweds. Yeah. And apparently he says, but Kim and Chris deny it, that um, they went to the movies and she seemed a bit like kind of annoyed that there was no one there to photograph them. And in the middle of the movie, she went to the bathroom for 10 minutes, came back, and then when they left the movie there was a whole bunch of paparazzi waiting outside to mm. photograph them together. Mm. So he thinks either Kim or Chris called. Probably both. Probably both. Team up. Um, they deny it. But, you know, it's smart. And I think they were trying to position her with that level of people. They saw the power of all these reality shows mm. that were making people famous. And so hanging out with Paris and going on a date with Nick Lachey kind of puts her on equal footing, it feels like, mm. with these stars. And so little by little, they're building Kim's profile and she's kind of doing this closet organiser to the stars thing where she just goes around to her mum's rich friends' houses Mm. and cleans their closets, which is not so much about making money. It's more just about cultivating relationships with those famous people. And Uh so she famously was Paris Hilton's closet organiser. But mainly just kind of a hanger-on who was getting photographed with famous people, whatever chance she could get. Mm -hmm. And Chris is slowly packaging Kim into a brand this way. Mm. Um, And other people are doing it at the time. This is really the start of when it became possible to be something without doing something. Mm. And Chris could see it. She could see it coming. Selling yourself as the product. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Which is what she'd been taught to do her whole life from her mum and her grandma. And I'm maybe this is too conspiratorial, but like the whole K connection, like Kim, Chloe. She she thought about that. Like from the moment the kids were born, she's thinking about the branding potential. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she was thinking about commercial branding potential at that point, but her mother and her grandmother had taught her to present a, a, a good, like a perfect package to the world. Mm. And she said, I knew when my daughters were born, I wanted their names to be the double K mm. because that was part of making them perfect, perfectly presentable packages. Product, but rather than selling it one-to-one, now they're selling it one-to-many. Well, yeah. Um, it's kind of shifted from success. You make yourself a package, a product to get a husband, mm. and now it's like to get... Fame. Yeah. World domination. 
I'm finding this really fascinating because mm. one of the girls who became a member of the Bling Ring yeah. that famously stole all those fancy items from the fancy celebrities. We've done an episode on them a few years back. Go check it out if you haven't yet. Um, one of those girls, her mum was determined to do what Chris Jenner yeah. had done. I didn't look, really look into what Chris Jenner had done, mm. but that mum was trying to do the same thing, package her daughters as this commodity that she yeah. can sell to the media, and they failed. Because it's not easy mm. to do. that, And that's why I think... I mean, we'll get to it, but whatever your opinion on their values and what they care about and all that stuff, fine. Mm. But you, it can't be denied that Chris is an incredibly smart businesswoman mm. because if this was easy to do, everyone would have done it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, Chris is packaging Kim into this brand and she's doing it bit by bit and it's working. Kim is kind of like a friend that pops up in paparazzi shots and she's... She kind of is like got a bit of a she's got a bit of a profile, but she can't seem to make that leap from friend of star mm. to star. Mm-hmm. And then comes the sex tape. Mm-hmm. Now it's debated how this went down, uh-huh. but whatever happened, it was the thing that moved Kim into that next level of fame that she'd been struggling to get to. Mm-hmm. So there's two. I'll just give you both versions okay. of events. Uh huh. Kim filmed a sex tape with her boyfriend in 2002. Five years later, in 2007, they were long broken up. Mm -hmm. It's leaked and a porn company says, we're going to sell this as a tape. Mm -hmm. At first, Chris and Kim threatened to sue, but when they realise there's nothing they can do, they decide to make the best of a bad situation and they do a deal with this company for like a few million dollars. So at least Kim is going to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. If she's going to be exploited, she might as well make some money. Because and this is post Pamela Anderson. Yeah. And if you're unaware, if you haven't watched the documentary, you haven't done your homework, but yeah, Pamela tried to stop the tape being released. And you can't. Wouldn't accept money for it. And yeah, she wasn't able to put the toothpaste back in the tube. The video made it out there. She had an opportunity to profit off it and she missed out on it. And still, everyone on the planet saw the video. Exactly. So Kim's sort of learning from that mistake. Well, Chris. Chris. Chris is learning from that. She kind of thinks, well, we'll get some money. We'll also probably like get some newfound fame, um, and then using that fame, Chris pitches this reality show about their family to E. Mm -hmm. And as Chris Gemma famously said, when the sex tape came out, as a mother, I was devastated. As a manager, (laughs) she did what she had to do, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, the other version of events, what people speculate that they deny... Mm -hmm is that it wasn't just this horrible thing where it was a breach of her privacy and she never wanted it to come out and they just made the best of a bad situation. Mm. What is speculated Mm. is that Paris Hilton's sex tape had taken her profile and career to another level. Mm -hmm. Kim had been looking for a way to do that, Mm -hmm. saw how it had worked for Paris. It is said that she and her mum... Chris say, well, you had that tape that you made five years ago Mm. just sitting there. So they go to her ex-boyfriend, Ray J, this guy who's related to Brandy. Everyone's related to someone in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And they say to him, do you want to make a deal? Uh They all make a deal, (laughs) leak it. They all get paid. And then they use that notoriety to... Mm -hmm move things forward. Allegedly. (laughs) So those are the two schools of thought. They made the best of a bad situation or Chris saw the potential to... Thrust her daughter into the spotlight. What do you think? Um, I think it's the latter. Mm -hmm. I think Chris is really smart. Yeah. And I think Kim wanted it and I don't do what you... If that's what you want, go for it. Do what you got to do. If you're Mm. comfortable putting it out there... It's a smart move. That's the version that is um, uh, portrayed in the rusical story of the Kardashians uh, yes. on Drag Race season nine. Oh, see, I thought of, I thought you said you knew nothing of the Kardashians. I you know, know the, the six-minute rusical, <laughs> and in that um, they show Kim seeing what happens to Paris and going, "I could do yeah. that." And she already had the tape. Like mm. it wasn't like she 
saw it and went and made a tape. She had a tape from five years ago. She was like, mm, mm. why not? Like, I think that is probably what happened, but I also think I don't care. That's whatever, man. Cool. Mm-hmm. You know, all power to you. It was smart. If people are speculating, they're talking about you and that's all these people want. Either way, whatever happened, however it came about, it worked. The tape comes out and Kim is launched into international headlines. She goes from being Paris Hilton's friend Mm. to being like, oh, did you know uh, the lawyer from the O.J. Simpson trial's daughter is in that sex tape? Mm. And then people being like, huh? And finally they start to say Kim Kardashian. So she goes to actually having a name rather than just being like that person you always see next to Paris. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think the family really had enough juice behind it to get a reality show without Kim having that extra bump of fame. They insist our family was crazy and interesting and we would have got the show, but I don't know, because seven months after the tape comes out... Mm -hmm. Chris is chatting to a casting agent friend of hers who says, you know, your family's hilarious and uh, with all the attention that Kim has, you know, gotten from this tape and Mm. taken her fame to another level, you could probably get interest in a show right now. Mm. And I know Ryan Seacrest, do you want to meet with him? And Chris says, yes, Mm. goes the next day, pitches him in his office, her family, as a reality show. Mm. And he's like, you know what? This is actually kind of good timing because Lindsay Lohan was meant to be filming a reality show, but she just got arrested and sent to prison because of her DUI. So now there's a gap in the schedule. (laughs) 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 And so he says, okay, you know, off the back of Kim kind of being a big, big deal right now, Mm. um, I'll send some cameras to your house and film some footage on the weekend and see... If, if there's anything there, mm. they film some footage that weekend, executives watch it, and it's approved by Monday. They're like, yeah, this is great. This is going to be good. Wow. Um, there's an oral history of the show Keeping Up with the Kardashians coming together, and one of the producers who was in the room when they put the final deal together said this, one of the most prophetic words that have that have that has ever been uttered to me in my life was said to be my, by Chris. We were wrapping up the meeting. She pulls me aside and she says, Elliot... It was so great to meet you and I'm so excited to do this show with you and Ryan. It'll be fantastic. And let me just tell you something. I want you to know that doing this show with us, shit happens to us. (laughs) Shit always happens to us. And I promise you, if we do this show, shit will happen. (laughs) So the first episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians centres around... Kim doing an interview on mm. the Tyra Banks show, speaking publicly for the first time about the sex tape. Mm-hmm. So even though they're like, we don't need the sex tape to get this show, the whole first episode of the show is all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it also centers around her doing a photo shoot for the cover of Playboy, which mm-hmm. she was offered because of her notoriety from the sex tape. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, the photo shoot in which Chris is famously standing to the side while Kim's posing naked going, you're Mm. doing amazing, sweetie. That very famous, (laughs) holding her phone up, taking pictures. You're doing amazing, sweetie. I had no idea the context of that. Really? That's what it's from, Kim's (laughs) Playboy cover shoot. So whether or not the tape was leaked intentionally, I don't know. Chris knows how to leverage it, and she also knows that it's what people want to see them talking about on the show, Mm -hmm. at least initially. And so here is where um, Chris sits everyone in the family down and says, okay, we now need to make this management thing official. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want me to manage you and build your careers, I will, Mm -hmm. but we need to do it properly. We need to do it professionally. I will start a company We'll hire, you know, lawyers, we'll hire whatever. And as your manager, I will take 10% of any gross earnings any of you make ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they all agree. So that's kind of what they set up from this point. And the show is hugely popular. Um, The Simple Life, for example, was dying down at this point. And what was this, 2007, I think? Mm. Um, It's getting less than a million viewers an episode. Keeping Up With The Kardashians is getting around 15 million. Oh. So it's big when Mm. it comes out. People thought it was going to fail, but people love it because they know they've been taught how to brand themselves. Mm. They know how to present themselves on TV 
as something that people want to consume. Like three generations of women have perfected the art of presenting yourself as a valuable package mm. and now it's paying off. They're relatable, they're funny, they know what people want to watch, they, they know how to entertain audiences. Mm-hmm. They've been briefed by Momager that shit's got to happen to you. Yes, they have. If you want people to watch. So drama, drama, drama. So uh, it just grows and grows and grows and grows. And Chris starts seeing how each daughter can be branded specifically and become profitable. Mm -hmm. And um, she says in her bio, I started to look at our careers like pieces on a chessboard. Every day I woke up and walked into my office and asked myself, what move do you need to make today? It was very calculated. My business decisions and strategies were very intentional, definite, and planned to the nth degree. Mm. So she said, I was, all of it was strategic. precision. Yeah. Mm. So the show packaged them to the world, and Chris then used that to build an empire. Mm. She kind of said to her girls, you know, you don't want to have day jobs. You want to work, though. What do you want to do? And she has said, whatever they're passionate about, I will help them make it happen. And she also knows how to brand and package in a way. So Kim was the one who, like, started doing, like, she was so beautiful and started, so then they started packaging, like, all the stuff to do with how to be as beautiful as Kim. Mm. Kylie had thin as lips. And so then they decided, okay, well, we'll package you as the one who knows how to, get lips better. Like Kendall was astronomically gorgeous. They packaged her as the model. Like she knows exactly what to do. And they just start building business after business after business after Mm. business. Like they have makeup lines and some fail, Mm. some don't. Like they're just throwing everything at the wall, Mm -hmm. taking every opportunity. And Chris is getting 10% off the top of all of it. Mm -hmm. And, um... That's kind of how the empire happened. Yeah. Chris herself is now worth $250 million uh-huh. and counting. She still manages everyone, including the new generation of kids, because her kids have now had kids, and those kids are now getting to an age where they are oh, also like becoming... And- yeah, oh. she manages all of them. Um, she's considered one of the most powerful women in Hollywood, She dates a guy 25 years younger than her and she trademarked the term mummager. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that mean we have to seek permission? I guess. Oh, no. Is Chris going to come after her? We have nothing. (laughs) We have nothing. Do your worst, babe. Um, You know, quarter billion dollars in a toy boy. As they say, the devil works hard, but Chris Jenner works harder. Mm. A saying that she says she loves. I'll bet. She's probably Um, trademarked it. In an interview she did a few months ago, she was asked her advice for young women. And she said, and I found this really interesting, know your value and communicate it effectively. And I thought, she is basically saying, know who you are, Mm. package it well, Mm. and use that to get success. And in her family, at first, that success was finding a wealthy husband Then it was finding financial independence and now it's world domination, business Mm. empire, which is exactly what Lou Ethel taught MJ, Mm. MJ taught Chris, Chris taught her daughters and now her daughters are teaching it to their daughters, know your value Mm. and communicate it effectively. Mm. So whatever your thoughts, like I said, on what they value on the importance they put on female beauty and 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 looking a certain way and adhering to certain beauty ideals, all that stuff. There's a whole lot of icky conversation you can go into about all of that stuff and whether they're problematic, whatever. This is just the gist. Mm. You know all that stuff. Go read a op-ed. Whatever your thoughts on, you know, that stuff, they have made what they do into something astronomically successful and profitable. Mm. And in researching this, I saw how clearly it goes back that, like, the seeds that would become the, like, Kardashian-Jenner empire Mm. were all planted generations ago. And 
it was like very savvy, smart, hardworking matriarchs in the family helped it grow along the way in a direct line to Chris, who now has made this empire. Mm. It was generations in the making. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just laying dormant mm-hmm. until the disease could spread. <laughs> well, that is just the gist of Chris Jenner. Well done. Uh, that's a lot of time and territory to cover. Um, well, I just, so you I had know... no idea about. There's... Uh, I thought I could focus on all the businesses and all the whatever, but I was like, it's just people don't really know where she came from mm. and how she, like you said, you didn't know she did anything managing mm. to do with anything until the sex tape. She was actually managing Kim for a couple of years before the sex tape, mm. like tr- really hustling to try and get her a bit of a profile. And she had done it with Caitlin beforehand. Mm. She's a smart lady. Sure is. I know firsthand that she is very hands-on because in my previous life yeah. I was once in a meeting yeah. and one of the people who was sitting in the meeting said, oh, I'm so sorry, I've got to take this phone call. It's Chris Jenner. Yeah. Because um, they were in the process of negotiating to get KKW. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like Chris was in the weeds of the negotiation with Kylie Cosmetics and Kim's KKW yeah. a few years back, like... She doesn't just leave it to the lackeys. No, no, she gets she's, really involved. She's a hard ass. She's mm. in there. She does it. Like she, she's their manager, so she's the one negotiating the deals. And if she gets ten percent of everything they earn, then the more she negotiates, the more she gets. Yeah, mm. she's a hustler. She's smart. Yeah, and she's not just giving up and you know letting the assistants deal with it now. Yeah, yeah. She's smart, and you know she's raised. I think. Kim to be the same. Kim has the same kind of work ethic and the same kind of savviness for what people want and how to package yourself in a way that is profitable. Mm. Um, and so it's just going to, it's been passed down. Like I think they are now a, a dynasty that is going to last a long time. For sure. Like a wealthy American dynasty has pretty much started with her but the building blocks of it go back to her grandma and mum. Yeah. I mean, they're the royal family for the Americans, really. Kind of. And I mean, the next frontier really was going from, yeah, they built this commercial um, success. They built this incredibly profitable brand and company were making all this money, but they were never considered legitimate. They were always considered um, not part of the Mm A-list, but they've since broken through that barrier as well. They are certainly considered A-list now. They're considered important. She is respected as one of the most powerful businesswomen in Hollywood, one of the smartest managers in Hollywood. Mm. So they're, they've even broken through not being taken seriously. Mm. Which is funny considering back at the start, Kim went on, she said one of the only things she regrets in all the stuff that she sort of said yes to was doing Dancing with the Stars way oh. back around the sex tape had come out. She did Playboy cover. She mm. did Dancing with the Stars. And um, <laughs> in the little package before they come out to dance, it's like, hi, I'm Kim Kardashian. She goes, hi, I'm Kim Kardashian. I'm probably best known for being on a reality show with my family. And the whole audience burst into laughter. <laughs> like, and she said it was mortifying because she was not a good dancer. She was so scared anyway. And she's standing in the wings waiting to go on. And her <laughs> entire studio full of people's laughing. Zoe, that's the social clip of this week. <laughs> <laughs> they will laugh. Oh. To go from that. To where they are now, oh, to being on the, the cover laugh. of Vogue and going to the Met Gala yeah. and being like, she is now like, Chris did that. It took time, but they did it because they had all the money they wanted and that was fine, but they also got legitimacy and respect. So they've, she's kind of done it all. Mm-hmm. Do you think the bubble's going to burst or you really think they're going to keep growing? No, because they are so good at adapting and diversifying. Mm. You know, the the new reality show they're doing called The Kardashians, everyone's like, oh, it's not as good because they're in charge of it now so you never get anything juicy and all mm. that kind of stuff. And um, But 
they're they're diversifying. Like things will move on to North, it will move on to the kids. Mm. Like uh, they're all kind of looking into different uh, stuff as the world has changed. Like it used to all be about certain kinds of social media, but now it's shifting and they're getting into that. And like they'll just adapt. Mm. And there's so many of them. As long as they all keep having babies and then their babies have babies and their babies have babies. The plague continues to spread. It just keeps going and going and going. And Mm. I mean, Chris, I don't know. My thing is when Chris is gone, which hopefully will not be for a very long time, like she's Mm -hmm. in her 60s, um, I'm not sure anyone would manage it as as well as she does, unless Kim gets to the point where she can handle that. But like, yeah, I think the one time the empire may falter uh-huh. is when the matriarch is no longer with us. She's got to pick her protege. Yeah, she does. Mm. In a succession style, you know, she does need to pick her protege. Mm. Oh, that'll be an interesting chapter if it then becomes a succession sort of battle between the siblings. I don't know if any of them want, like, Courtney doesn't really like working. Rob doesn't like working. He like had a sock company and then was just like, eh, I don't want to. Um, Kim is the one who loves to work and loves business and loves all that stuff. Mm. I don't know. Kendall seems kind of stupid. She can't even cut a cucumber. Mm. Kylie, maybe Kylie. Apparently Kylie's quite savvy business-wise. But I don't even know if any of them really want to do the boring business side of things. Might just skip a generation. It often does. North, North will take it. North will take over. Did you know North was on stage at a Katy Perry concert? Like Katy Perry pulled her up on stage and she said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And North went, everything. (laughs) And if that is not the granddaughter of Kris Jenner, Mm -hmm. she's the next in the matriarchal line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. It's evolving. That's that. Well done. Thank you. Muchas. Bye. Bye.